0: Good evening and welcome to the Comedy Film Nerds podcast, episode 492. We're getting closer and closer to that 600 number, you know, along with the over 100 spoiler apps. Chances are we're already there, but we're still going to say 600. Last episode, uh, December 12th, live Dynasty typewriter tickets are still available. You could check them out and uh, buy those right now. Graham is still in Australia touring, but I am here holding down the fort at the ATC studios and I am really, really excited to introduce our guest because it's his first time here and technically his last time here (laughs) because uh, this will be it. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, superstar comic book writer, uh, let me see if I can name just at least four, Uh, Spider-Man, Kingdom Come, Archie, and Star Wars. That that'll do. Nice. Right? Four of about a <laughs> hundred. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll add Fantastic Four in there yeah. too. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mark Wade. How Hello, are you, sir. sir? I'm good. How is it being you today? Good. It, it's uh, pretty good. Yeah. I, yeah. Not bad. Not bad. So, uh, um, you know, you are always constantly busy doing something. And every once in a while, like, okay, I can see Mark Wade writing that. But then every once in a while, I was like, Mark Wade's writing Archie. Yeah. Like what? Uh, uh what? What attracts you to a certain property over others?
1: To some degree, it is nostalgia. Because mm-hmm. I got into this industry not just because I want to tell stories. Mm-hmm. I was never that guy. I was never the tortured artist in this garret doing work and and hoping that someday I'd be discovered. It's just that I have an attraction to these characters. And so mm-hmm. when you dangle two things in front of me, something that was that I read when I was a kid or something mm-hmm. that was created five years ago, I'm going to gravitate toward the stuff that I feel like I, I know the most and have an emotional connection to.
0: Mm-hmm. And how many uh books have you ever written at one time? Like what's the what's your max where you want like, you know what, I can't I can't do this again. Yeah. Like like <laughs> like five books a month, six books a month, that kind of thing? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah that's
1: yeah, like six <laughs> comics a month is, mm-hmm. is 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 my peak and that's mm-hmm. way too much. Right. <laughs> my advice to young writers is always take one less project than you think you can do.
0: Right. Because it'll good advice. it will fill. Work mm-hmm. will we'll
1: expand to fill time, yeah. Oh, that's – um.
0: so what are you working on right now? And then we'll get more into it later uh, yeah. on your plugs. But what are you working on right now? All right. Now? So what I'm plugs? all over the map. So mm-hmm. Saloon
1: Suffer Marvel, I've got Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And I have History of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Humanoids Publishing, I've got a book called Ignited. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what, and for Archie, I'm doing Archie 1955, which is a mm-hmm. deep dive into what if Archie and his gang had come along in, in the mid-50s and that was the birth of rock and roll. So what if we basically did the Elva story with Archie? Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. That's fun. Um, I remember reading the Archie ones that you had written, and uh, I noticed in the back, you put like um, the old retro Archies, yeah. like the original ones. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because I remember, you know, growing up, even growing up, like in the 80s, Archie did not look like that. Like no. Like there's, there's been a, quite a um, evolution to yeah. all comic book designs and yeah. characters. And, but, uh, but
1: especially with those guys, they've always mm-hmm. been pretty... Keen on staying with the times, Mm -hmm. you know, so,
0: um, well, we uh, we were talking about uh, comic books, and oh, isn't that weird? I actually have a comic book Kickstarter I want to talk no. to you guys about. I know, Mark. I want to thank you so much for the uh, wonderful accolades and the uh, endorsements. It's been really helpful, so I just want well, to say thank you. Deserved it absolutely. Uh, and uh, right now, I want to let you guys know: Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master. It is still available. We're about halfway through. It's um, it's going a little slow, so I'd like you guys to really take a look at uh, uh, pledging. That would be great. It ends on the same day as the last studio show of the podcast. So I'd really love to end on a high note and get this thing funded. There's some great, great rewards like being on the last comedy film art show. You can get your name in the book. You can get drawn into the book. So for CFN, for you guys, I think that'd be really cool. It's kind of like a, almost like a yearbook. We could get five of you drawn actually into the book at the end. There's a great tour of Starburns. So you can see how, you know, they make all the animation they do. Like, like you said, they did uh, um, Rick and Morty, moral oral um, animals from HBO. And there's a lot of really, really great things there. And like I promised, if you guys pledge, and this goes for if you already pledged and you want to do this, that's totally fine too. Um, I will read comments on the air that you guys are putting into the uh, Kickstarter. So I'm actually going to do that right now, which you guys did. And, and as a matter of fact, there is a, uh, we also did a questions for Mark too. So one of you guys also wanted to ask Mark Wade a question. So here we go. Uh, Amy Reinhart. Uh, because I couldn't give more before when I was struggling. I can give more now that I'm stable and thriving. Thanks for 10 years of Kitten Hands, boys. I hope this becomes the film you dream it to be. See you in L.A. regardless. Thank you, Amy. I know we read that last week, but I wanted to read it again. It's it's a, it's a great comment. Uh, Adam Hayduck. Looking forward to the new graphic novel. Thanks to both Chris and Graham for 10 years of wonderful entertainment content. Here's a documentary recommendation that I never heard you guys talk about. Finders Keepers from 2015. It's about two men fighting over the rights of an amputated leg. So please check that out. <laughs>
1: How did you not talk
0: about that? I know it's like that's a, You know that's definitely a hole in the lineup for sure. We got maybe with the last show we'll talk about that. And Charlie Connor, Chris and Graham. I'm really sorry to miss CFN. I hope you at least at least you guys and Doug will share some should wills come Oscar time next year. Make that a yearly tradition. That's not a bad idea. Maybe we'll see about doing that for sure. And um, Peter Noteboom. Here we go. Question for Mark. Okay. Any chance of another irredeemable spinoff or more stories from that universe?
1: Nah, not in the near future, sadly. It mm-hmm. I I kind of felt like I stuck the landing on that last issue of Irredeemable. Irredeemable was a series about the, the the high concept is what if Superman went nuts? Right, what if Superman went completely berserk and and every other hero on Earth had to team up to try to take down this guy. Uh, and it lasted 37 issues and a couple of specials and some spinoffs and stuff. But uh, it had a definite ending in mind the whole time, and mm-hmm. I hit it at the end. And I don't, I don't always stick the landing, but I really felt like I stuck the landing this time. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, Pete, that's uh, that's your answer. Hope it satisfies you. <laughs> Hope so, Pete. Thanks for asking, Pete. Uh, cheers, guys, and thanks for 10 years of the podcast. Halfway to 20. That is so true, Peter. Thank you. Uh, so. Like I said, guys, this is we're wrapping up. This is the last Kickstarter. We'd really like to end on a high note. There's some great, um, great, great rewards there. And also, like a lot of you have hit the uh, remind me later button. Actually, more of you have hit the remind me later button than have pledged so far. Uh, I just want to say that doesn't help my anxiety. I think if you guys could maybe pledge a little sooner, that'll help us jump the numbers for sure. Because people watch it and they uh, they also track the progress. And if we can get, we need to get at least halfway there by um, the end of uh, probably another seven to 10 days or there. I know we can do it. We are a little behind, but I know you guys have rallied before. I know we can do it. And uh, I really, we really need your help to finish this out. And also the plans like for everything else, we play the long game on these projects. Like can we get this Kickstarter done? make the actual graphic novel, then we can look into uh, making it into the movie, which is what we've always uh, wanted to do with this property. So uh, check it out. It's really cool. It's a, it's, a, it's a really special project to me. And it really gets dives really deep into the philosophy of Kung Fu. And also, you know, Rick, the lead character, is a angry fight club fighter. He's a down on his luck, um, you know, small time crook who's known nothing but anger and frustration in his life. And as he starts to get into this world of Chinese mythology and characters and philosophy and um, what it means to actually fight and fight for something, you know, he starts to kind of turn things around in his life. But it takes a really long time. And of course, there's epic fights, dragons, monsters, and surly baristas. What made that personal to you? (laughs) That made <laughs> I'm saying no, i serious.
1: What, what made you want to write that story and what made it personal to you? Uh,
0: the reason it made it really personal to me is because I love, love, love stories of uh, people starting off in the wrong place or at the yeah. bottom and seeing that wonderful arc of like, okay... There is somebody, there is something there that's redeemable. Yep. It might be really, really deep, farther down, and, but it is redeemable. How do we get to it? And how does this person change? And one of the things that we have a, actually a Kung Fu consultant on the project. Cool. And he said to me, what's the greatest, he asked me, like, what's the greatest tenant of Kung Fu? What's the most powerful Kung Fu? And I didn't know. Oh. And he goes to me, turning an enemy into a friend. Oh, okay. And it's not beating the enemy. Right. It's coming to that understanding and with each other and turning that enemy into a friend. And I thought that was such an amazing... Philosophy, and I really felt like uh, we could use a little bit of that. to right say you're now. pretty topical. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, speaking of uh, a philosophy that's what thousands of years yeah, old. Yeah. So. So it's, uh, and also on a personal step, it's like, as being in entertainment, it's a lot of frustration sure. a, and that a lot of time turns into anger and, right. and you just get angry at the world. Like, why isn't this going or why isn't this working? But that's, that's the nature of the beast. That's yeah. what it is. It's like, you know, you have a ton of books and, and, and you know, I, I was talking to, uh, another comp creator uh, today, um. Uh, Jimmy Palmiati, yeah. who we know. And he, he said to me, he's like, you know, everyone sees the successes, no one sees the failures. Right. Yeah, and because uh, there's, you know, a thousand different things that we've worked on that no one sees because it didn't go exactly. any further. And... Uh, um, so we'd like to get one more in the win column by the end but as we wrap yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. fair enough. So um, so I'd really like you guys to uh, take a look. Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master. You could get to it uh, from the Comedy Film Nerds homepage or just go to Kickstarter and search on it. Like if you just want to throw 20 down for a... Uh, Uh, digital or there's even like a five dollar one like if you're like you know what can't really afford it right now five everything helps because even a low pledge helps the pledge numbers and that also looks good as well so there is my um my pitch and plea to you guys please help me get to the end for this kickstarter as we wrap everything up and it'll be a great story and i think it'll be a uh, something you guys will really dig and enjoy and you know, if you've known me for the last 10 years, you know ooh, it's going to have dragons in it. Of course it is. No matter what it's going to be about. It's going to be somewhere. There's going to be dragons in it. So thanks, guys. And um, uh, we'll see you. Uh, no, I'm not closing. We just started the yeah, show. So, s- <laughs> yeah, I was about to wrap it up. All right, thanks, Mark. This? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mark flew in from Florida. <laughs> so <that's laughs> So um all right, Mark, let's talk about some movies. Okay. Um I saw the movie The Good Liar, if you're familiar with this film. This is an Ian McKellen film. Yes, I'm familiar. I haven't Kellen seen it Miran. yet, but I'm really interested. It was really um one of those movies I didn't know a lot about. Like yeah. it's not one that I like studied the trailer right. or the or the um y- you know the synopsis. I just knew it was about aging con artists. Right. That was that was I'm like, that's all I want to know going yeah. into this movie. And I'm watching this movie, and unfortunately, it's a little uneven. And uh, it's directed by Bill Condon, who, uh, and it has the same screenwriter as Mr. Holmes. So they all kind of came back together for this film. Right. But it it started off as almost like a lighter tone, like almost hmm. like a um, uh, like a um dirty rotten scoundrels yeah, kind yeah. of thing. And like, okay, everyone's kind of trying to con the other person. Like a okay, film, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then. But then it gets dark very fast. Hmm. There's uh, there's definitely some violence. There's a, there's a weird like um, uh, very violent and uh, disturbing undertone. Then it goes more into grifter's territory. Okay, that's so dark. It, okay. it was it was definitely a change. But then it just it meandered for a while. It didn't go it, it didn't go really in so, and it, I, I hate to say this because especially with movies like this, it didn't go in any unexpected places, yeah. which is kind of what you want it to do. I, absolutely. Which uh, and it really didn't because you know. Uh, movies like this, and this is also uh, the nature of us seeing a lot of movies is like, all right, well, there's the twist. What's the twist going to be? There's going to be a twist and it doesn't give you enough red herrings to go, well, maybe that's the twist. Maybe the twist. Okay, there's only one twist that could possibly happen and then that's what happens. So, I really felt like it was, um, it, it wasn't as uh, well put together narratively or uh, structurally or even just uh, like as surprising as it could have been. Also, like I said, the tone was a little off. Like if it was kind of like, a, um, I felt like it would have even worked better if it had a darker tone earlier mm. because then it kind of p- could have put us in the mindset more of this film, which yeah. it really didn't. Yeah. Like it kind of eased us in a little too slowly and quietly into where the darkness, that where this movie really uh, resided. So... I will say this, though. I mean, when you have Ian McKellen in your film, yeah. it, he elevates anything that sure. he's in. Like, even like, you know, it may, okay, maybe it wasn't put together, you know, uh, incredibly, but, uh, you know, he made it better. Sure. Helen Mirren, exactly the same way. Right. You're like, oh my God, she's like, like they're riveting. To have watch they, done, have these they done
1: much together? I don't recall them they doing They haven't much
0: done a ton together. A- in fact, Aaron, could you check to see if they've done anything else together? Um but it, it's you know it, it's they're they're the types of actors that you know they have you know, resumes longer than our arms. Yeah, yeah. But uh, when you watch them on the screen, you know it's that old joke of comedians. Well, they could recite the phone book. Those actors could recite the phone right. book. And I've been like, no, I want to see another hour of this. Yeah. So, <laughs> and uh, and Ian McKellen too. You know he's played everything from like wizards to basically Nazis, and yeah. uh, you know and everything in between. Uh, um, so he has such a charming. And um, just likable personality on on uh, the screen mm-hmm. that when he plays a bastard and he's doing horrible things, yeah. it's even more shocking and uh, riveting. So that stuff I really kind of liked. Um, I also like that wizards and
1: Nazis are your
0: extreme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything else somehow <laughs> falls between those two. Yes, those are the two. <laughs> so like, all right, gay horror director somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> So, um, now, Mark, you saw Parasite. I saw Parasite. So, uh, I have seen. I saw this before when it first came out. I was so excited to see this movie. Now, uh, without giving away uh, any spoilers at the end, what um, what did you think of this film, first of all? It's
1: my favorite thing I've seen in a long time in the theater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was every shot was perfect. Yes. The pacing was exemplary. Mm-hmm. The acting was true, which is not something I automatically look for in... Mm-hmm in you know in a, in a subtitled korean film i don't right. normally lo- you know you don't normally latch onto the acting mm-hmm. but the thing i i think i like most about it when i was processing it is it it amplified and sort of gave you know gave truth to something i've been saying a long time about storytelling mm-hmm. which is that you know when i when i hear studio executives come back and say well i really didn't like the character mm-hmm. you know you don't have to like the character. You right. just have to be invested in the character. You yeah. have to want something for them, even if it's even if it's you know comeuppance. You want something for them. You know who else people didn't like Walter White. Exact character. That's a great example. So you know, same same thing here. These these no one in this film is really likable. No, they just have to be interesting. Exactly, mm-hmm. and they are. They're compelling. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, now I have a couple questions for you because I saw it and I got um, a little bit more seeped into the marketing because I wanted to learn a little bit more about this film before I got there. And that was a mistake. And the reason is because the marketing here in this country Mm -hmm. screwed it up. And uh, I'll tell you why. Because first of all, there's one trailer that just makes it look like a horror movie. It's not a horror movie. No. Uh, So it's like, well, well, why, why even cut a trailer like that? That's ridiculous. So another trailer really, really, really played up the fact that this movie completely changes halfway through. Okay. And it doesn't. I mean, because that does a disservice to the talent of the filmmaker. The filmmaker actually was very, very clear, and he left all those breadcrumbs and notes along the way, so when you have a twist Mm -hmm. that's about halfway, three-quarters of the way through, it doesn't feel like it comes out of left field. No, not at all. It felt like it was really set up that way. So... You know, to harp on that, on the marketing, yeah. this film is one thing, then it becomes another. And like, you you won't see the twist, come like all of those things, like, well, was, you know, they're going to find out they're all dead at the end. Right. Like, what, you know, what's well, this going to be? The, you you the, remember the
1: Frighteners, right?
0: Yes. Frighteners, mm-hmm.
1: one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And again, same thing there. Marketing mm-hmm. killed that movie. Peter Jackson, mm-hmm. you know, by early on, this is what, 20 years ago, maybe a little longer. A while ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm you know Peter Jackson, Michael J Fox, John Aston, good cast, really yeah. good cast.
0: Just before Lord of the Rings. That's Just how you Lord can of the Rings? Yeah. exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, pre-LR, yeah. Yeah, and,
1: uh, and and after Meet the Feebles. Right. So, exactly. yeah. so first weekend, you know, you know, all the marketing. Mm-hmm. Horror movie. Right. Ghosts, horrible mm-hmm. things. That's the marketing. Mm-hmm. And then the next weekend because it didn't do well. Immediately, it's comedy, straight right. up wacky
0: comedy. <laughs> yeah.
1: and so you go two weekends in a row. You have no earthly idea what I'm, right. you know, what mm-hmm. I'm walking into here, and yeah. it just killed the movie. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's like you, you know, you're marketing two different films that don't exist. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, the actual film is is different. And uh, but
1: horror and comedy. I mean, this is not
0: again. You mm-hmm. Take it. This, you know, it is suspense. Parasite more than, more than horror yeah, for sure. But mm-hmm. it's
1: those are two. Genres that are pretty hard to meld. That seems like
0: well, I always uh, tell people that comedy and horror are two sides of the same coin because mm-hmm. they evoke an emotional response. Exactly, it's just different, and uh, also
1: they also rely on the element of
0: surprise. Yes, they do. And uh, well, just just to get off on a tangent, I remember one thing you told uh, told me about comic book writing is that the only way I can surprise you is on the. Top of the next page. Yep. Top the, <laughs> top the, the top of the left hand page. Yeah. Top of the when left you turn the page.
1: Because mm-hmm. otherwise your peripheral vision's taking over everything in the spread. Right. So you can mm-hmm. see the two pages in front of you.
0: Because mm-hmm. that's um, you know, that's the same type of pacing and um, um, the kind of thought out structure that you have to do as a comic book yep. writer that horror ri- horror writers do and directors do as they're pacing their films. Right. So that's the one thing I really enjoyed about writing comics is the uh, similarities between storyboarding a film and storyboarding panels for a comic. Now, sure. they're not, obviously, they're not completely the same, right. but um, they're both visual mediums. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you can kind of like uh, um, understand and respect the pacing for each, you know, each one, you know, kind of like. Takes on a life of its own as far as like the structure goes, but it's still kind of like that nagging thing in your head I'm like, no, we're still kind of similar. Like if you were directing this shot in a film, yeah. what would it look like on the panel? Right. You know, what or what would the storyboard look like in the production office? But what did you, you know? learn when you immersed yourself in the language of comics? I learned that um, all the storyboarding and directing I did was actually transferable over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the one thing I really liked, and this was something that uh, I don't see a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, there's not a ton of comedy in comic books. Right. There's um, there's some, and I always found that, like, uh, you know, when it was done well, it was done really well. Yeah. And when it was done mediocre, it always seemed to me like a pacing problem. Mm-hmm. Like the the panels... Should be paced like a comedian telling a joke. Sure. And uh, once that, like, I had a lot of panels in Long Ago and Far Away where, where they were just pregnant pauses, like mm-hmm. one character would just look at the other, right? And uh, to set up kind of like the the joke. Um, so I I feel like there's a um, there's definitely a rhythm. There's always a rhythm to comedy, whether mm-hmm. it's in comics, stand up, movies, TV. There's always there, and uh, but it has to be like respected in the way that uh, each medium will have its own different pacing. But there is that universal language of, uh, you know, setup punchline, right. and then how it's delivered. Right. And, like, I've, I've, I remember reading, like, sometimes comics that were trying to be, like, they were humor comics. When they didn't work, it was all like, well, let me just write the jokes on the page in the panels like it would be, like, in a, um, you know, in a standard routine or a script. And you can't. No. You know, you have to, you really have to present them. Uh, in a way that the joking, the jokes make sense in a pacing, in a story right. joke, set up punchline and all of those things. So, and also you're, you're at the mercy of your artist because yes. it is mm-hmm. a collaborative medium. You yep.
1: can't, mm-hmm. you can write the funniest script in the world, but if the right. guy, he can be brilliant. I've mm-hmm. worked with guys who are terrific artists right. and great storytellers, mm-hmm. but if we don't share the same sense of humor and yes. they don't mm-hmm. get the joke and it's mm-hmm. not there.
0: Yeah, then it, it really helps to have a short end. And that's why yeah. I'm so happy to find Fernando. He was already a fan of the podcast. Good. Yeah, uh, Fernando Pinto, the artist, also on uh, Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master. And uh, after we just started doing a bunch of uh, uh, pages together, that uh, then it was like, oh, no, he... He yeah, we're we're on the same page now. Yeah. and uh, with the pa- everything from the pacing to the setup of the jokes to even like uh, uh, when I started working with the letter because mm-hmm. then that's a whole nother yeah. thing you have to yeah. set up the way the letters the lettering the balloons are set the way they get broken up and the way the jokes get delivered there too is yeah. another completely different animal. But yes. then when you start with a shorthand with them, the the downside is then you don't want to work with any other people <laughs>
1: right. No, once you find your dream team, you you latch onto these yeah. guys yeah yeah.
0: Because now you've worked with what th- probably thousands of people. Th- by really, like yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of yeah. people. Yeah. And uh, like, what's your learning curve when you start to like work with a new uh, either letter or artist or color or anybody? It's it's all along. It's can you tell a story?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be my story. My feeling is it's my story when I write it, mm-hmm. but it's one because it's a collaborative medium. It stops right. being my story once I hand it to the artist. At That point mm-hmm. it's our story. Mm-hmm. So. If you're, as you say, if we're on the same page, if you Mm -hmm. are telling the same story, maybe from a slightly different point of view or slightly different emphasis or angle, that's fine. But that's my learning curve is, you know, first off, can you tell a story? Is there, is there movement between the panels? Is there, does it make sense? Can I move from one panel to the next and not be confused? Mm -hmm. And then I'll, you know, if you can't do that, can you at least draw you know everything, because it's the other mm-hmm. thing too. In comics, you you're called upon to draw everything, from horses to grocery yes. stores to mm-hmm. you know ancient ruins. Mm-hmm. And I need to be able to sometimes
0: know. in the same panel exactly. <laughs> so
1: I need to be able to know you can do that too, right. because it mm-hmm. doesn't otherwise because the advantage of comics has always been the unlimited budget in terms of the Mm -hmm. the visuals. Yep. Like, I can't take advantage of that if you can't draw, Mm -hmm. you know, stay Fair or whatever. Right. Yeah. And, uh, Um,
0: you know, a guy sitting at his desk in an epic uh, science fiction space fight with a bunch of, uh, you know, starships in it, then that's, uh, uh, it may not cost more, but the artist is gonna, you know, spend a lot of, time equity on the bigger space battle oh than, yeah, yeah. then so the, the one the word ar- artists hate the most is yeah. army That's yeah the, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah or um you know filled landscape yes <laughs> yeah baseball stadium yeah yeah um so when you um when you write and uh you're at the point now where can you pick your artists that you work with or are you still sometimes getting assigned like, to a large people? extent
1: i can i mean mm-hmm. it's it is difficult in a sense that there's so much competition now for uh, the really good guys, the really good mm-hmm. men and women who are doing comics that one of the majors will have them locked up or doing something else. I see. Or it, it, it's two different systems. At DC, um, they just, you know, it's a, it's, let me, let me rephrase mm-hmm. at Marvel the system is every book has to pay for itself. Every comic has to pay for itself. So if they go into it with projections of, okay, we're going to launch this new series, but we kind of know that this series is not going to do as well, because it's not a marquee character or whatever. So
0: they can't be lost leaders for like another. Right, they can't be lost leaders, which
1: I which I find unfortunate because mm-hmm. it seems like the DC is not that way. Is what I was trying to say earlier is DC right. was not that way, uh, which gives you this more of a network model of a rising tide floats all boats, oh, okay. and you get the you know. You can hang on to mm-hmm. Seinfeld for and watch it grow, or you can hang on to Dick Van Dyke Show and watch it grow.
0: That surprises me because uh, Marvel seems less worried about it with everything they're yeah, yeah, doing, yeah. and uh, yeah. you know, especially now with Disney Plus. It's, it's just a it's just, you know, a
1: it's just a weird way of doing yeah. it. So that said, to answer mm-hmm. your question, mm-hmm. you know, I to a large extent, I can say, yeah, this is the guy I want to work with, or this is the right. guy I want to work with. But mm-hmm. to some degree, hands are tied when it becomes a project like Invisible Woman, which I mm-hmm. get a mini series about the Fantastic Four character, Invisible Woman. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that there's not going to be a blockbuster seller. Book has to pay for itself. You know, who can we get in the budget right. to mm-hmm. to draw the thing? And we got a guy who's phenomenal
0: mm-hmm.
1: and will, you know, take off way, you know, into the stratosphere and leave me behind. Fine. But that's what we had to do. So it's it's kind of a mix. Oh, interesting. That's a long answer to your question. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but a very insightful yeah. one. Um, so let's get back to Parasite because I had a couple of other questions about it. Uh, one of the things I was very surprised at, like, uh, um, I loved the depiction of wealth. And, yes. Uh, and, and, but like I was telling Graham when we were talking about it earlier – like, it wasn't just like, okay, we see the poor neighborhood, then we see the rich neighborhood that looks kind of like, all right, well, that's the rich version yeah. of what this neighborhood... Oh, no. No. That was an ultra-rich to the point where I'm like, I don't think I'd see a house like that in LA. No. Like, that that kind of like, yeah. oh, my God. So, what it did was show the disparity of wealth even more. Yeah. Uh, and w- what's interesting, too, is, you know, this is a Korean film, yeah. but um, could we relate to it? Absolutely, Absolutely. we could. Yeah, it's one of those great movies um, that it doesn't matter where it was made or what you know what culture it's steeped in. You know, we can relate to it and really enjoy it. It's class warfare to a large extent. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and um, it's class warfare. It's a thriller. It's um, it is. You know, speaking of, uh, it's got a little bit of grifters in it. Yeah. uh, and uh, it just really had some great fun parts, some, um, you know, thoughtful, disturbing parts, which it should have. Right. And it's just a, was a really, I mean, that, that director, he does a lot of really um, interesting films. Yeah. And I think one of the, marketing hooks that was wrong that they wanted to do is like well some of his movies have also been kind of science fiction-y or like genre based right and so they're like well no let's just trick people into thinking that's what this is oh and it's like, not that I'm at like, all yeah it's not that at all no. so you know let the movie speak for itself yeah. let it stand on its own and like you know there's um I think he did uh, I'm trying to remember what what was the the host yes was a movie where the, literally a, a monster is in the beginning of the film yeah. running on you know the yeah. land just chasing people yeah uh, and then another one. Did he do uh, Aaron? Could you check to see if he did Snowpiercer too? Yes, he, he did. did didn't uh, he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he did yeah. Snowpiercer. And uh,
1: um, but those are unlike this because they're completely
0: unlike that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the the word. It's a disservice to the filmmaker to lump all of them together. Because right. back mm-hmm. to what you were saying earlier, mm-hmm.
1: even with Snowpiercer, it's a great movie. And mm-hmm. with the host, it's a great movie. Less so, but Snowpiercer more. Mm-hmm. You get you at least have some footing about kind of what might happen next not exactly but just Mm in you know in in general terms Mm -hmm. where we may go left or right Mm -hmm. and the beauty of parasite is it gave me what i love most about a movie which is the moment where i'm like i got no idea i have no slight the slightest idea my favorite my favorite like five minutes in movies of all time is in seven when when kevin spacey confesses and then he gets in the back of the police car and my they're God. driving.
0: Well, where's this going? Where yeah, is yeah, this going? Yeah. I mean,
1: it's a procedural up to that point. I know mm-hmm. how procedurals work. Oh, right. my God, where are we mm-hmm. going? Yeah. That's what I want in a movie more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a surprise. A surprise. Mm-hmm. It didn't, just one surprise, but it's like, where are right. you going? Yes,
0: yeah. Um, I, you know who is really good at that, too, is uh, uh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Like, if you if you watched, I remember watching Unforgiven. Yeah. And going, I don't know what's going to happen right. from scene to scene. And... uh the other, you know, if we can compare the two, it's one thing Clint Eastwood did, and uh, um, what's the name of the uh, Parasite director again, Aaron? <laughs> Give us your best guess, <laughs> okay? Wh- while you're doing that, um, I wanted to make the point that uh, the same thing with Parasite and with uh, say, like a movie like Unforgiven, and a lot of uh, when Clint Eastwood's uh, films that uh, he creates that tension and also that unknowing of where the scene's going and how it's going to end like uh, remember the scene in the prison Mm -hmm. when he's got the um, I think English Bob in the jail cell and then his his biographer and it's a very tight and heated scene and then it it slowly builds like well yeah here's the gun why don't you why don't you shoot me and then he goes well what if I gave him the gun? For those like, who
1: have not seen yeah. either movie, we'll make it
0: clear we're talking about Unforgiven, yes, not yes okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yes. And, uh, um, it'd be funny if Parasite did have a character named English Bob <laughs> in it though. <laughs> um, so, they're you know, like, well, what if I gave him the gun? And you're like, you're just riveted. I'm like, what is gonna happen? Yeah. Like, uh, And uh, again, the, like, you know, the typical Hollywood convention wisdom, oh, he's gonna get a gun, get take the gun, and right. it's a shootout. And right. I'm like, nope. She sits back down in the cell, doesn't take the gun. The other thing
1: was, you also know that 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 in Hollywood movies, in a suspense movie, music gives away too much. Yes, for sure. Background music gives away way mm-hmm. too much, and not so much here. No, they use mm-hmm. silence very, right. very well mm-hmm. in a David Lynchian sort of way, using yes. it because that's that's when Lynch's it is at his freakiest. Is right. when. There is no music, Mm -hmm. and you have no idea what's going to pop up.
0: And that's the uh, cliche of like, uh, um, you know, sloppy horror movies where Mm -hmm. you have music, then the music suddenly cuts out. Yeah. Then you know, oh, well, something's about to happen. Stop telegraphing it. Right. Um, So, Aaron, did you pick up his uh, name?
1: Yeah, Bong Jun Ho.
0: Okay, Bong Joon-ho. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Mark, we have some Patreon sponsors here. They're going to be with us to the bitter end until uh, December twelfth. We want to thank you guys for coming along for the entire ride. Much appreciated. I'm going to read your uh, um, your ads right now. Johnny Rulon. It's got some horror short stories for sale. The verse is called "The Shell," and it's a Lovecraftian tale about a neighborhood that loses power and becomes victim to an unknown monster that is waiting in the dark. The second is called She, about a high school held under the dark spell of an evil cult uh, leader. Right now, both are on Amazon Kindle for 99 cents. You can find them by going to com and clicking the Buy Short Stories tab. Uh, Mark, could you read the next one for me, I was going to ask if I could, because otherwise I'm just sitting here for a
1: (laughs) Fanboy Planet is a website and podcast for all things geeky and amazing. Check out Fanboy Planet for your comics news, your movie news, TV news, and amazing interviews with industry insiders and artists Fanboyplanet.com. fanboyplanet.com. Uh, well, you do
0: have that radio. Place. I do have that yeah, radio. You yeah. can put it on, yeah. <laughs> uh, coffee Over Suicide, a dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death, one cup of coffee at a time. New episodes every Wednesday and Friday, wherever podcasts are fi- found. Find out more at com and uh, the art podcast with rebecca evans thanks to comedy field nerds for all the laughter and movie reviews looking forward to seeing what's next thank you rebecca when we move past hesitation and we're true to ourselves we find our own art and life here inspiring interviews at theartpodcast.com and do the next one yeah mm-hmm.
1: tony McFadden's 14th book is a gritty australian noir the murder of jeremy brooks pits small-town australian pi dan mcginnis against corporate greed and corruption a Sydney surgeon hires Dan to find her, her husband's killer. The cops think it was a mugging gone bad. She thinks it was a hit. More info at tonymcfadden.net slash JB.
0: You know, when you read it, it actually makes me want to buy it more. Good. Okay. <laughs> Uh, from Andy Bowman, every week on the Geek 101 podcast, Ariel and Andy get together to discuss, critique, review, and sometimes bicker about the latest in geek news and pop culture. Become a listener and join the conversation by listening to the Geek 101 podcast wherever you download your podcasts. And uh, You take that one. I'll do this one. Jerome Sullivan calling on Hollywood and Netflix, Disney, HBO, Amazon, YouTube, and Apple+. Plus. Uh, Or Apple TV. It's I don't know. Did they call it Apple Plus, the new streaming service that no one cares about now once Disney came out? Right. Uh, I I urge you to go to jcsscreenplays.com to check out the briefs of my completed movie and television scripts, including a murder mystery, sci-fi, action thriller, coming of age musical, a horror, rom-com, and more. Check out jcsscreenplays.com, jcsscreenplays.com.
1: We've got a contemporary classical composer who writes music people actually like. Congratulations to Comedy Film Nerds for 10 wonderful years of podcasting from davidheineck.com.
0: And Scott Gokey, we're still waiting for uh, or Goki, we're still waiting for your ad, uh, but uh, there's not there's still time left. Get it to me and I will read it. And Will Leonard, Will and Katie would like to thank Comedy Film Nerds fans and the Audacity Performing Arts Project for their support of her riding to the to end MS. We would like you to know that she's running again. The Bike MS Bike Texas now new course from Houston to College Station. All proceeds go to help people who are living with MS, as well as going to find a cure for this debilitating disease. Please go to WillTheTD.com/Can to find a link to her donation page. That's Will W i l l t h e T D.com/Can to find a link to her donation page. All right. So we've got some trailers. Now, ah, trailer Mark. time! Yep. Oh, excellent. And this is one. Um, you know, this makes complete sense to me that they would keep making these movies. Yeah. Uh, some SpongeBob SquarePants action. Sponge on the run. All right. We're gonna play it. We'll see. We'll see, uh, we'll see uh, where they're gonna go from here. I'm just worried that if I didn't see the last SpongeBob SquarePants, you'd be confused. Uh, yeah, I may not. I may not be able to uh, follow the story. Oh, why are they playing these dumb ads?
1: I love my life. I love you so much, Gary. Ow. I'll never forget the day we met. I'm... Oh.
0: Ready! A little 3D animation. Hello, little snail. What's your name? Ow. Gary, huh? Do you want to be friends? <laughs> Me too.
1: Gary, I'm home! Gary? Gare Bear? Gary. Oh! Gary! Have you seen Gary? No! Nope! Nope! Gary's been snail mapped! Gary!
0: (laughs) This summer, the search begins!
1: Friends don't let friends go on dangerous quests (laughs) alone!
0: With all new faces.
1: (laughs) 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 That's great. They call me Sage. Good uh-huh. name. I'm made out of sage and I am a sage. So it works out pretty well.
0: I'm oh, Patrick. God, canneries My in a burning bush. Poster in Celtic. Pretty sure it doesn't. The most amazing places.
1: The lost city of Atlantic City. Boy, I <laughs> we're not <the most laughs> focused. Look, I wouldn't worry about us losing. Cotton candy. Ice cream. Uh, and a hero. Let it ride, Patrick. Let it ride. <laughs> you can bet on. Put it on L. Patrick, that's not an L, that's a seven. Seven starts with an L. What's <laughs> oh, weird. The SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run. This is gonna be like a buddy movie. Oh, I love your sense of irony, Patrick. Thank you. <laughs> I love my sense of ironing, too. This film is not yet rated. You know, what do you it, think it's going to come in at?
0: It's, PG-13? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's pretty ballsy to make the SpongeBob SquarePants characters get drunk and go to a casino. That's pretty good. <laughs> so I don't know. That's, um, you know, it, it, I'll tell you, I would have loved to have been drunken in college when SpongeBob came out. Oh, yeah. I think it would have been my favorite Absolutely. Stoner movie. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But,
1: you know, again, you're not the audience. No. You're not no. the audience. Who I I couldn't tell you whether this movie is going to be good or bad or not. So. It,
0: uh, yeah I know my kids are both going to want to see it and, uh-huh. uh, and one of them is 14 but she's still going to want to go see it and, and I, I contend that
1: one of the staples of, of measuring art is does it accomplish what it sets out to do right well if it amuses your kids then
0: done done yep, yep. Yeah. and then Nickelodeon ha- is happy yes, yes the, uh, uh, so now this next one um, I don't know what this one set out to do <laughs> no, no this is the Invisible Man um, you know technically a remake yeah. so let's take a look prepared statement cecilia although our relationship was Mm. far from perfect creepy voice i thought that you would talk to me rather than run away are you okay (laughs) what happened to him
1: he cut his wrist per his final wishes Uh -uh. you're getting five million dollars contingent of course on the fine print He can't be ruled to be mentally incompetent no it just doesn't make any sense. What?
0: Adrian wouldn't kill himself.
1: Listen, you're getting your freedom back. Okay. Don't let him haunt you.
0: Hello. Oh, he's breathing yeah, at the same time. I'm scared. You don't have to be scared of him anymore. He was a sociopath, completely in control of everything. He said that wherever I went, he would find me, walk right up to me, and I wouldn't be able to see him. Are you okay? Someone sitting in that chair.
1: I found something that can prove <laughs> what I'm experiencing. You need help. Adrian is dead. I went to his house today.
0: He's not dead whether you're enjoying this uh, trailer or not the one thing everyone can agree on it's too long <laughs> sadly yes yeah okay well now i only have to see the last 30 minutes of the film so i kind of know what's happening he's coming up with the perfect way to torture you even in death adrian's true genius was how he got in people's heads don't come any closer hey i'm not crazy Please listen to me. You're saying the person trying to kill you. What you can't see can hurt you. Is Is he he in this room with me right now? Where are you? Where are you? you? Show yourself. Apparently he has super strength too. There you are. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's probably from the third act. Yeah. uh, (laughs) What's there left? Yes. Okay, the, the showdown scene where she gets an extra needle. That's, to, disapp- that's yeah. disappointing. So, I don't know. I, I mean, the only thing I was waiting for was the bucket of paint that she yeah, going to yeah. throw on him. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it's... I have to say, Universal was backed a bit into a corner from the Mummy movie. Yeah, you know, like no, we're gonna launch the whole Dark Universe cinematic. What
1: were they thinking? thinking? You don't get to do the Marvel. You don't get to do the Marvel Cinematic Universe all at once. No,
0: and that's exactly what they're thinking. Well, we got to make up for lost time. We'll just you know, like, hey, here's an idea. Make a good movie first, right? And then maybe you could drop a little tags yeah. and you know, um, into like yeah. building something larger. But, uh, um, if you just try to build something larger and ignore the fact that you're making a movie, yeah, <laughs> and um, you give Tom Cruise superpowers at the end, and uh, it doesn't really resonate no. with people, no. Uh, so, um, great memes that came out of that movie, like Show Me the Mummy, yeah, all of the you know, a lot of great ones, uh, but, uh, uh, I, I don't know I think this is like a weird course correct here's the one thing whenever you see Blumhouse mm. you know okay well we're not gonna be spending a lot of money on this film right, so, right yeah. so what Universal probably thought is like all right well let's do it let's keep the budget low give it to Blumhouse and we'll we'll see what happens uh, but clearly there are no hooks into a larger cinematic universe here No. no. which is good yeah uh, but at the same time every single horror movie cliche was in that trailer. every single one so uh, I don't know how this is going to be but uh, we'll see so, okay, and uh, I want to let you guys know the Comedy Film nerd store is back up. We had a bit of a problem, a technical issue. That's great timing. Right before we're about to close, we had a nice closeout sale. Everything's discounted, and then the cart blew up. <laughs> so, oh. so, But it is back up now. If you guys want to grab uh, anything like uh, the DVD, there's, there are some T-shirts left, the Earbuds DVD. We have Comedy Film Nerd's Guide to Movies. We obviously, Long Go and Far Away, a signed graphic novel, we have those. And there, I think there's a bunch of Doug Benson CDs we still have. So they are all there, and I can guarantee you free gifts with each order because we are liquidating the garage. Everything must go, Yes, go, everything go. must go. So there's like a lot of like uh, really cool, Stuff and there's a lot of really weird stuff that uh, may or may not appeal to you that will be going into your uh, um, um, your order. I mean, just stuff that you pull yes. out of your closet. Yeah, 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 pretty much. It's, uh, it's oh, I think I have an old Aquatine Hunger Force DVD oh. in here that uh yeah. um, no oh, case. yeah, yeah, yeah no bad. case. Yeah, I think somebody somebody will enjoy <laughs> this. But then also we got like a bunch of. Um, Freebies and like uh, oh, yeah. screeners and stuff. So like I think we have a bunch of uh, film threat DVDs that we're, we're giving away. Um, I think we have still have a couple of uh, Death Grip DVDs by our buddy uh, uh, Eric Jacobus. So definitely check those out. So use the card. The other thing I want to mention, and I mentioned the Kickstarter earlier, that we're using what's called Backerkit. It's another company. So if the, um, the funding of the comic book makes its goal... What you can do is, when you check out with your pledge, we're going to put a bunch of add-ons. Like, so if you want to buy the earbuds DVD or Long Gone Far Away, the uh, or the Comedy Film Nerd's Guide to Movies, we're going to be putting a lot of the Comedy Film Nerd's uh, items as add-ons for the Kickstarter. So you could uh, grab one that way as well. So uh, check the card out. It is back up. Everything is discounted. We were going to do a Black Friday sale, but then I realized, oh no, I already. Drop the price and everything. Yeah, so it's a, where are you going to go it's from good. there? Yeah. yeah, technically it is a Black Friday sale that will last until we close, <laughs> which will be uh, December 15th. We will shut the cart down. So uh, check it out. It is open. So oh, one of the things uh, I wanted to talk about before we get into DVD and Blu-rays is, um, have you gotten Disney Plus yet? Yes. It's... Uh, it's phenomenal. <laughs> it really, I could I'd spend all day there. I mean, I really. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we have uh, two kids, like I said, and it's literally like, okay, the 11 and 14, year old girl and 11 year old boy, it doesn't matter. There's tons of content yeah. for both of them. No. Like my daughter is watching all of the old shows that she grew up with, like Shake It Up and like the Disney ones. Yeah. And, and my son is watching all the Star Wars content. This platform so, should have been called yeah. Peaceful Road Trip. Yes, exactly. Yeah, this uh this is going to keep the kids quiet for forever. Yes, for, days, every, exactly, for days. yes. Uh so uh one of the things I went to see uh on Disney Plus as I wanted to check out was do you remember a film with Tom Hanks saving Mr. Banks? Yes. It was the the making of the uh Mary Poppins movie and I found this movie absolutely fascinating. I I'm yeah.
1: I'm really intrigued by the premise. I, yeah. I never saw it in the theater, which was a shame. Yes. But I – tell me. Tell me more.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what, what it is is it's – basically, it's the story of how uh, I think P.L. Travers, was her name, uh, wrote Mary Poppins, um, didn't want to sell the rights to Disney. Right. It took Disney 20 years wow. to get the rights. Mm-hmm. And which, uh, first of all, I find fascinating because there's no studio executive <laughs> in existence that would like spend more than a day. I'm like, no, okay, we'll find well, another. Also, IP. no
1: studio ex- executive yeah. in existence is going to be there for 20 years.
0: No, exactly. Yeah. yeah so that that, that uh, all already we're seeing like, did that did that really exist? Did yeah. that happen? Like, oh yeah, no, that that really was yeah. uh, there. Walt Disney actually ran his own studio right. and made decisions, and uh, um, it's one of the things that he really uh, wanted to do, and uh, so she was incredibly difficult to deal with, like didn't want animation, didn't want anything, you know, because this was such a uh, personal story to her. And what I found fascinating is because I didn't know the story or Mm -hmm. her story. And she had a terrible childhood Mm -hmm. You know, father that was an alcoholic and couldn't keep a job in a bank, lived in Australia. Mm -hmm. Uh, They went from uh, being fairly well off to basically living in poverty. Mm -hmm. And uh, when her mother's, sister came to town that's who she based uh mary povitz on who basically kind of came and took oh, care of okay. everyone as as the father was dying of um uh I, he didn't die of alcoholism but i think he um it didn't help factor. He he yes it, it didn't help um i think he died in his early 40s i believe so when you see how difficult she was to work with um the movie does a smart thing of like showing you why. Yeah. Like this is why she is this way. She's not just being a difficult artist. Yeah. This, is, this is what she dealt with. This is why she's protective of these characters. Um, in real life, because I was reading uh, some articles about it. I'm like, yeah, she was that difficult. And Disney, because, you know, as the great persona of like this kind of benevolent um, right. you know creator he was also a very shrewd businessman yes, yes he was <laughs> so it, it goes into a couple really interesting things of uh, but not far enough it should have but it was hmm. a Disney movie it's sure not going to get Force. that it's not going to be that yeah, yeah. It's not a documentary no yeah, it's yeah. not um, like uh, you know he didn't have the rights to the it took them weeks of her being there in the studio, going mm-hmm. over songs and everything that, uh, uh, for them to try to finally sign the rights over. Because as they were going through, like the songs and the storyboarding and all that stuff, she was making all these demands. And the the composers and, you know, all the other creatives were like, well, why are, why, why are we uh, doing everything she says? And then one of them goes, he doesn't have the rights, does he? Ah. <laughs> so, um but then when the rights were uh, sold, finally... Um, she had uh, control over the script. So okay. she could have script approval. However, and this wasn't in the film that I found very interesting. Like at the, um, at when she finally got to the premiere, they didn't invite her to the premiere. She actually came and invited herself. Oh. Because she was so difficult to deal with and yeah. like didn't want animation and all this blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, so um, after the premiere, <laughs> she said to Walt Disney, well, all right, well, when are we going to start editing? You know, because no. we need to change all this. And uh, Walt Disney goes, because in the contract... Well, you had script approval, not editing approval. Right. This ship has sailed. There you go. So, and basically, it was like, all right, that's it. Right. You know, where this is. The so he, um, uh, what she did, she was not happy with that. Yeah. So she made sure that he couldn't have any of her other books, basically. Right. Uh, but the the reason she actually sold in the first place is because she was destitute. The books weren't making any money, okay. and you know, and she she was she kind of had to. But there is the other side of that. Like if you're an artist. You know, when you sell your thing to somebody, yeah. expect them to do what they want with it because that's what they're paying you money for. Right, and they gave her an advance of which, now, yes, right, a hundred thousand dollars, which in nineteen sixty four was a fair yeah, amount yeah. of money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so there's, you know, there, there's always the as, as artists we say to each other, well. we'll um, if you don't like the deal, don't take the deal. Or right. don't, you know, or, uh, you know, oh, you're, you're going to complain about how it uh, how it turned out? Did you give back the money? Well, almost <laughs> yeah. all my
1: stuff has done work for hire. Yeah. Almost all mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, you want to be invested. You want to be, yeah. you know, you want to spearhead and, mm-hmm. and, and protect your stuff. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, they're not your toys.
0: It's the most difficult things one of the most difficult things for artists to reconcile, for me personally too, it's sure. like because you always, in your head, anything creative, like, well, this is how it should be. And right. This is how it, you know, this it would be perfect this way. I'm like, yeah, but what if we change and do this? I'm like, well, I, I don't know. It's, it's better this way. I'm like, uh, but yeah, we're, but we bought it. So right. we're gonna, we're gonna right. kind of do it this way. And uh, um, for me personally, that sometimes those are the hardest things to let go. Like sure. even just when it's something like, why are they making that change? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, it, it's a really interesting and fascinating story. Uh, obviously, it glosses over <laughs> some things, sure. And there were a couple of really missed opportunities. Like one of the composers, um, Sherman Brothers, uh, I, I, oh, I can't remember now. It was one of the, the guy from The Office played <laughs> one of them, and uh, they did "It's a Small World." And yeah. like, yeah, it, it, it was probably it had to have been them. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of them had a limp, and she goes, "Well, why? Why is he limping?" It's like, "Well, he, he was shot." Yeah. And uh, she's like, "Oh, all right. Well, uh, that doesn't surprise me." And then it's literally like it's just showing her being mean. Yeah. But it's completely glossed over. It'd be an amazing character moment. I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. As a viewer, yeah. I'd like to know a little bit more about how he got shot yes. in the leg. And, yes, I would. Uh, turns out he was uh, World War II Purple Heart, wounded in action. Okay. I'm like, well, that I think is a fairly interesting character. Yeah. Uh, Uh, a trait that i'd like to see a little bit more of and it would also explain why you know that he's not interested in taking shit from the author all right but Mm -hmm. if you'd had that on the
1: table as well how much less likable and less horrific is she
0: well that's true too yeah i mean uh, i don't know that's that's a good question like it it would depend kind of how it was uh uh, implemented yeah Mm -hmm. like uh I I, don't know, I think you could have made her look even worse. Actually, yeah, I think so. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which which would have been fine. Um, so you know, there was a couple of characters that you could tell, like, well, that person didn't exist, like the the limo driver, right? And uh, and I like like that. There's no way that guy existed. And like, oh, an amalgam of all her drivers. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah I, yeah. I got it. I yeah. got it. Um, But it was really, I'll tell you, Tom Hanks, amazing. Sure. Like, who in their career gets to play Walt Disney and Mr. Rogers? Right. I mean, that's pretty cool. (laughs) It's... its
1: I don't know how you get to that level Mm -hmm. of universally loved. Yeah. I wish... If I wish
0: I knew that. Yeah. (laughs) That would make things easier. That would make my life much easier, yes. (laughs) How can we be loved as much as Tom Hanks? Um, So, okay. So, um, thumbs up on Disney Plus as well. Ah, Uh, absolutely. Kind of a buggy roll-off, but... I don't know, it's so weird to see people surprised that a giant rollout of a giant new system that millions of people want is not going to have glitches how on opening can you, day. How can you be shy? The, the, the outrage online was yeah. just
1: mind-blowing to me yeah. because you know yeah. this, isn't, this is a, this, this is a shakedown cruise. This is not going to work.
0: Do you own any technology in your home? No. Yeah, that yeah exactly. <laughs> you know? Do you know how it works? Do you, Has everything always worked perfectly all the time? I'm sorry you've been waiting 18 <coughs> months to see Mandalorian <laughs> yeah. and you can't, you know, it doesn't feed
1: right, but that's mm-hmm. the way it's going to go.
0: Yeah, and the fact that they fixed everything so quickly. Yeah. I was like, Oh, this is gonna be down for days. Yeah. And uh, no. Next no. day I'm like, Oh, everyone's watching Mandalorian.
1: And honestly honestly, I mm-hmm. had no mm-hmm. I had no problems with it at all. Mm-hmm. As luck would have it, mm-hmm. I didn't plan it this way. I just happened to be awake at you know, whatever three in the morning or whatever right. it was Pacific time. And so I was right there when it when it launched and I spent a couple hours with it. I didn't have any trouble with it at all. But mm-hmm. then again, that was in the wee hours of the morning and right. you know, I don't know.
0: Well, let me uh, ask you one other question because as we're talking about Mandalorian before we uh, get to the the final Mm -hmm. segments here, um, you've been writing some Star Wars books.
1: Did Princess Leia, yeah.
0: Yes. And uh, do you have like an entire Bible of where this is what you can do, this is what you can't do, this is how it will tie into these shows? Do you have to put hooks in with like, you know, something upcoming? Like what's your like mandates when you write these?
1: This was a little tricky because when I – this is a couple years ago, so when Mm -hmm. I started Mm – we had not seen episode seven yet. Okay. And so with it, with issue one, they gave me pretty free hand. Mm-hmm. With issue two... A few notes. Mm-hmm. By the time we got to issue five, <laughs> the final issue, it was just covered in notes because wow. they, they now oh we finished with episode seven. Now let's turn our attention to you. <laughs> um, but it would nothing really made nothing made the story weaker. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was some of it was just change for change's sake. You know, that people yes. will sometimes mm-hmm. just put their thumbprints on it just to mm-hmm. prove that they're doing something. Right. But you know, I also know, and again, again, because I've been working on. You know, IP for such a long time. I know instinctively where the rules are. Right. I know sort of. I know where the guardrails are, mm-hmm. and so I'm not. That's one of the reasons you hire me. Is that, you know I'm not going to create problems for you by suddenly having her in a three way
0: or whatever. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> you know, you know. So that's the extended cut. Of yeah, extended yes. cut. Yes. <laughs> um. So now, are you um? Like, did they were any of those changes, especially in the last book? Mm-hmm. Like, well, we needed to tie into this movie. Property Luckily,
1: more. Not. Okay. Luckily, not. Luckily, mm-hmm. not. I do. You know, talking to the other guys who are writing Star Wars books, the mm-hmm. the trouble they get a lot of times is mm-hmm. they'll get notes that cryptic notes that say you can and can't do this, or you need to change this for the. But they we can't. We can't tell you why.
0: Oh, because something's coming. Something's down down the
1: coming, pike. and we can't tell you. You're not at that level of you know. Of, of discovery yet, so you don't, you
0: don't have the security clearance, you're right? For that exactly, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for the story meeting. So, very cool. Um, all right, and coming out on DVD and Blu-ray, Dora and the Lost City of Gold. Um, I don't know exactly who this movie was for because uh, my my kids were uh, older enough for it, but. It wasn't for little kids either because they aged up Dora. So huh. I'm not exactly sure. Like I think the target was I don't know for sure mm-hmm. is like people that grew kids that grew up on Dora but now were older but still wanted to see Dora. Old I, right. I don't I don't, I don't know. know didn't do that well. Okay. <laughs> so, and the next movie is Blinded by the Light. This is when the Pakistani teenager in the 80s discovers Bruce Springsteen music. Now I haven't seen this but Graham said it was fantastic. I liked I loved yeah. it. I mm-hmm. loved it. Mm-hmm. And this last movie, I had to look this up because this can't be... I was like, this can't be the same movie, Cold War. This is the one that was nominated last year for really? the Academy Award. It's finally coming out on DVD and Blu-ray. It took that long. Yeah. So there must have been some weird yeah. like, rights issue or yeah, something. Yeah. But uh, that, um, you know, uh, Endgame came out quicker. Right, <laughs> on yes. DVD and Blu-ray. So uh, I'm not sure what the holdup was, but it's another one that was um, Academy Award nominated film. It looks great. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. Uh, premiering this week, Frozen 2. Now, as an adult without children, did you see Frozen One? Sadly, no. You
1: have? Oh my gosh. I am an adult without children. Yes, it would be, be sort of borderline creepy if I saw it
0: by myself. But, uh, but, but n- these movies, though, like uh, Frozen Two and like uh, like Moana, like they and all the Pixar movies, they they have a built-in audience of people without kids that go to see these films, yeah. too and uh, not every kid moves like that but you know they disney and pixar have figured out that formula yeah. and i remember too like I, I saw i remember seeing moana with my kids and then we went out to dinner and then there was a, a young couple next to us and they, they were talking about they were going to see go see moana next because um uh, the because of the music they were just the music because okay. one of the composers from hamilton was yeah. uh, was was uh, doing the music so um this is the kind of movie that I want to steer clear of the movie theaters for this weekend, but I know I'm not going to be able to. I do want to see the movie. I think it looks good. I loved the first one. I thought it was great, and uh, it, it's it took a couple of years to make uh, from Frozen One to Frozen Two. It was definitely intentional, but I think this is going to be one of the highest grossing movies of the year. Oh yeah, it's I gonna it's gonna like break crazy yeah. records. And um, the next one is Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. That's an interesting one. It's kind of counter-programming because kids are going to have no idea who Mr. Rogers is. This is more for our our age who grew up watching Mr. Rogers and don't want to deal with the kids in Frozen. (laughs) So... I'd be really curious to see, like, I'm going to see if I could get one of my kids to go see this movie with me to see if they have any interest or if they, uh, I would love um, to know see. that. I would yeah, love to yeah. see what the, yeah. As of now, no, right. but I'm going to see if I can convince yeah. one of them to see, um, like, well, are you sure you don't want to see this? Like, no, I'm frozen. Okay. You can right, bribe we'll them, right? Yes, I can. Okay. Yes, indeed. I have, uh, um, yep. And, uh, right now they're still cheap. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's just chocolate right now. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not a car right. or anything yet. Right. <laughs> um the next one is uh 21 bridges yeah this is the uh well now anyone who's ever in a marvel movie gets their own movie right so it doesn't matter it's chadwick uh, boseman it right yeah chadwick yeah. boseman yeah he's um he's uh, apparently he's shutting down some bridges yes <laughs> he's busy torching bridges behind him yeah. yeah yeah he's and uh you know to stop some uh, th- this is another movie that is really dependent upon the charisma of the star and he is great i love yeah. him but again it's like okay well there's there was a heist gone wrong. There's a conspiracy. seems to go all the way to the top. Right. And then we have to uh, catch these guys uh, by shutting down all the bridges. Right. Um, and then the next movie is Dark Waters, uh, Mark Ruffalo, The Hulk. Right. See? <laughs> everyone uh, everyone in a Marvel movie yeah, gets everyone's the Disney, yeah. Disney yeah. adjacent. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, but this one, I, I'm not looking forward to because this is really kind of like, you know, you look like, a, see a movie like Ellen Brockovich. Yeah. Like, what's the... Um, fictionized uh, Hollywood cliche version of that. Right. That's this movie. Yeah, <laughs> so, sadly. So I, I wonder if he'll win in the end. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, you know, the odds are stacked against him. No. Because he's turned on his own corporation. Uh. And uh, it seems like the people running this corporation are soulless, money-hungry assholes. No. So, and they don't even care about the environment, Mark. I don't, I don't believe it. <laughs> yes, I don't know. So, I don't know what could possibly happen. So, well... Ladies and gentlemen, comedy films listeners, that is our show, episode 492. Put it in the books. Um, Mark, let's talk more about where can people find you online? What are you working on next? What do you have coming up?
1: Okay, let's see. Mm-hmm. So online, I'm markwade.com. You can mm-hmm. find me there. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I I left Twitter a long mm-hmm. time because it's just a cesspool of yeah. hate. Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram, Wade Mark, I'm mm-hmm. there. Uh, and then what I'm working on with Upcoming, again uh, we're relaunching doctor strange relaunching it with a, a, a whole new take on the character and that comes out in at christmas time
0: oh can you give us a little uh, preview like what what's different about the what character
1: what's different is that uh his whole, his whole backstory is surgeon ruins his hands in an accident has yes. to learn magic well we've given we've given him his hands back oh. we've given him the use of his hands back and it's not a blessing it's a curse because now he has to decide every moment mm-hmm. am i going to put my attention on the the kid on the table who needs me but if I do that, and Dormammu is mm-hmm. trying to break in down, you know, Fifth Avenue, mm-hmm. what do I do? I'm, I'm mm-hmm. you know, the only guy who can handle both, so he's got to m- juggle his time a lot more efficiently. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, how um, closely related or or detached are the Marvel Cinematic Universe for with the mandates with writing the comics?
1: The beauty is mm-hmm. Kevin Feige has always understood that the you, know, the you don't put the cart before the horse mm-hmm. that. The comics need to be good first, mm-hmm. and then the movies will follow. Uh, anything that bleeds back—that'll
0: never work. I
1: know. Well, the, <laughs> thing is, the, the only stuff that really—no one's ever come down the hall that I remember and said, mm-hmm. "Okay, we did it in the movie this way, so you've got to do it this way." Right. It's more that you know we all see Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, all the writers of, of at Marvel, and we're like, okay, well now we can't imagine him. Tony Stark in any other voice than that. Right. Mm-hmm. So that seeps in. Oh, the, mm-hmm. the Dr. Strange's cloak is sentient and kind of like a dog. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'll do that. That's mm-hmm. the stuff that bleeds in, but nobody comes down there, which is great. Mm-hmm. Nobody comes down the hall. Cause they understand that's still the wellspring from which all this stuff goes, the comics. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so, and what else are you working on? now it's not six a month. Now right? it's not six <laughs> a month now, right?
1: I've got a book called Ignited that I'm doing at uh, at uh, Humanoids Publishing, mm-hmm. and that is a story about uh, it's it's it, the short version is what if the Parkland kids after the shooting got superpowers and were able to push back against the the monsters who make the who let this stuff happen. Mm-hmm. So it's not a superhero book per se. It is just but they do have powers. They do have powers, but they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're teenagers. What are they going to mm-hmm. do with it? And there's nobody to punch exactly. And You're right. going up against the NRA. You're going up against, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the white supremacists. And so that gives you something to hang. On. So that, I said that, that was a that felt like a really important book to do. Mm-hmm. So doing that one uh, and doing Archie 1955, mm-hmm. which I mentioned earlier, which yeah. is the birth of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just taking a nap for a little while. <laughs> You've earned it. Thank you. <laughs> uh,
0: well, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, uh, the Kickstarter is out now live. Really, really need your help on that. We uh, We are behind, but I think we can still get to the goal. Uh, we just need you guys to uh, help us get there. There's thousands of you listening, so we really uh, need you guys to step up and help us out. Uh, please help us get to that goal, Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master. Check it out. A lot of really, really cool rewards. Like I said, get your name in the book, get drawn into the book. And if you're a comic creator on your own, that's one thing I, I, I didn't mention, is that we can help you get your own book made as well. It's uh, There's a, a tier where you can get a consultation with the artist. He'll do a portfolio review for you. I'll check out your uh, writing. The editor, Brendan Wright, from Dark Horse, he'll actually check out your uh, pitches and tell you how to pitch a comic to a publisher. All of those things are on the tier. And then if you want to learn lettering, the letterers offer their time, too. They will uh, also teach you lettering. So check out that. we. You know, It's one of the things that we're interested in doing. Not only do I, obviously, I want to get my book funded, but I also want to help other artists too, and bring everything into a community. So if I can help uh, you guys along the way uh, realize, you know, anything that you guys want to make, I'm all for it. And I think that's uh, every way, every artist should pay it forward, yes. I think, and which is great. And uh, uh, like I said, all you have to do is make a pledge, make a comment. I will read it on the air if it wants to, if you want to just say goodbye to CFN, recommend a movie about um, body parts. That's totally that's fine. fine. And, uh, or if you just want to ask uh, myself or Graham uh, or, you know, whoever the guest Yes, maybe a question that is also um, uh, allowed anything you guys want to do or you want to say something you want to get off your chest, please, please. This is uh, we only have a few weeks left. We'd love to have you guys part of the final conversation and uh, we can go out on a bang with a nice project funded. And then, you know, it's not like you're going to hear the last of us. We're going to get that out there. We're going to try to uh, get the movie made. And uh, we're keeping the podcast and the Twitter feeds. Everything's going to be active. So we're still going to be communicating with you guys. So this is not the end. It's a new beginning. So help us out. Get to the end for the uh, Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master. Thank you. My pleasure. And uh, all right, guys, that is the show. And uh, we will talk to you next week. And as always, remember, Han shot first. McClunky. Well, clunky.